So yeah, by the way, uh, like I said, my name is Justin. I live down in Virginia. I think Maddie mentioned that at the opening. I uh, just want to tell you a little bit about myself. I have some pictures that I brought to show you uh, to kind of explain some things. So uh, first I wanted to let you know that I'm here with my wife, Anne Marie, uh, this weekend. We are super excited to be with you guys. We just got married this past summer. So you can see a picture from our wedding. Yeah, we are. We are newlyweds and we're loving it and enjoying it. And uh, yeah, we've been praying for you guys every single day this week that the Lord would do an amazing work in your life this weekend. Uh, the other picture on the left side there that you can see is, uh, oh wait, we'll get to that in a second. I got some explaining there. But uh, on the left side, you can see that we live in uh, just outside of Washington, DC. So that's us by the, the Capitol building there. So I work down there as a youth pastor. I love being able to teach the word of God to middle and high school students. Uh, but we traveled up this morning. We're super pumped to be with you guys. And the next slide, as you can see there, uh, we often get asked if we have any pets or dogs. Uh, we don't have any kids yet, uh, but we do have a pet lizard. Uh, his name is Malik. He's a leopard gecko. We could not bring him this week because he is cold-blooded and he would literally die in this cold weather up here in New England. So we had to leave him back down in Virginia, uh, but we love him very much and enjoy hanging out with him. And then final fun fact of about myself is Maddie mentioned this earlier, but I actually used to work here at Hume New England. I was here in 2018 and 2019 for summer camps and they were some of the most fun summers that I ever had. There's me with some of uh, my referee buddies. We loved, uh, you know, refing some games. You can see Jack in there. Jack's actually up on that picture with me. Uh, but yeah, I, I loved being here. I saw the Lord do so many amazing things in this room right here. And so I'm super pumped that you're here for this this weekend uh, because the reality is this I don't know what your background is you know I don't know if you've been counting down the days until you could come to Hume New England or if you just got invited by a friend last week or your mom signed you up against your will I don't know what your background is but I want you to lean in for this I believe God has you here for a purpose this weekend God has you here for a purpose. And, and one of the reasons I'm so excited to be speaking this weekend is because the Lord actually used a winter camp in my life to draw me back towards God. You know, I got caught in a season where I was in school and I just wanted to look like everyone else in school. And, you know, I was kind of not sure if I wanted to do the whole church thing, but I went to a winter camp and I heard God's word be opened from the stage and the truths in his word were so powerful that it changed my life and, and drew me back closer to the Lord. And so I'm praying that maybe something similar can happen in your life throughout this weekend. Uh, like we talked about earlier, we're going to be talking about the book of Ecclesiastes, but I wanted to open our session tonight in prayer and pray that God would meet us here and that we would study his word and that we would get uh, what he wants us to get out of it. So would you open uh, up in prayer with me? Dear Lord, we thank you that we get to be at Hume, New England this weekend. Uh, God, I pray for a fun and safe week for all of our campers. God, but even beyond that, we pray for spiritual impact. God, we pray that your Holy Spirit would be moving in lives and hearts and drawing people closer to you. God, we thank you for the gift of your word, that you have given it to us, that we can study it, and that we can see changed lives. We pray for life change here this weekend. 
And it's in Jesus' name that we pray, amen. So I wanted to open up by sharing a quick story about a time from when I was in college. So when I was in college, me and some buddies, we wanted to go hike a mountain. And this wasn't just any ordinary hike. We wanted it to be a sunrise hike. And so a sunrise hike means you have to start your day very early, right? You can't just wake up when the sun rises and expect to be at the top of the mountain when the sun rises. No, you kind of have to plan your morning out, right? So, so we have our morning all planned out for this sunrise hike hike. We say we're going to set our alarm for 3 a.m. So we set the alarm for 3 a.m. We know it's an hour drive to get to the mountain. We know it's a three-hour hike up the mountain. And we do all the math and we say, okay, the sun's going to rise at 7 a.m. We're going to be right on schedule. We're going to get this awesome sunrise hike in. And, and I'm thinking selfishly, right? I'm like, I'm going to bring a camera. I'm going to take this really cool picture of the sun coming up over the mountains. I'm going to post it to Instagram, get all these likes. It's going to be so exciting. And so me and my buddies, we're just stoked for this hike, right? And so the, the morning starts off and everything is going according to plan, right? The alarm goes off at 3 a.m. We all wake up at 3 a.m. We're good to go. We're excited. Uh, we get in the car. We're playing all our favorite songs on the road trip to the mountain. We get to the trailhead at the mountain and we have our granola bars, our, our flashlights, everything that we would need to make this a successful hike. And so we start making our way up the mountain in and we're doing good. We're staying on the trail and we're, we're about two hours in. We're approaching the peak of this mountain and all of a sudden we're, we're getting close. You know, the clock is nearing seven o'clock and we're maybe, you know, just a, a few hundred feet away. And I'll never forget what one of my friends looked to me and said as we're getting towards the top of the mountain. You know, we could see the air was a little thick up there. And he says, did anyone check the weather today? And in that moment, my heart just sunk. I was like, no, I did not check the weather. Did you check the weather? We're all asking each other, did, did anyone check the weather before we went on this hike? Because sure enough, we get to the top of the mountain and it's kind of similar to, to what it looked like this morning. It was the thickest fog that I had ever seen. And so we get to the top of the mountain and we cannot even see the sunrise. Like I actually have a picture that I took from that hike. That was the best picture I could get. You know how many likes that's going to get me on Instagram? Two. You know, probably my parents, maybe my wife. We'll see. That's, that's the best that, uh, that that picture would get me. And so I was very upset, right? We put all this effort in. We set our alarms. We went on the road trip. We did everything that we thought we had to do. But when we finally got to the mountaintop, we discovered that that hike did not serve its purpose, and I think there's a point here for us. This is a story that's going somewhere. It's a story with a point. The, the point is that a lot of times, you know, we will put hard work into certain aspects or certain areas of our lives. And when we get to the end, we don't want to discover that it was all meaningless, right? I think that's something that we can all relate to. On a more serious note, I actually had a, a student in my youth group down in Virginia who was a senior in the year 2020. And he had this big goal in high school. He said, you know, when I'm a senior in high school, I wanna make the varsity soccer team. He was saying that since he was a freshman in high school. And so freshman year, he's joining different travel teams and, and club teams and trying to work his way up to, to be on varsity someday. And, and freshman year, it doesn't work out. Sophomore year, it doesn't work out. Junior year, he is so close to making this varsity soccer team, but he got cut. There were just a few people ahead of him that, that were you know, selected by the coach. 
And so finally, my, my friend here, this student, his senior year, all this hard work that he had put in and he makes the soccer team, right? It's such a great achievement. It was everything that he had been working towards, but I don't know if you caught this. I said at the beginning of the story, his senior year was the year 2020. And so he made the soccer team and just a few weeks later, he actually found out that their whole season was canceled. Right, and he just had this devastating feeling and I had to you know, meet with him and, and talk, him, talk with him uh, through that experience. But I think it identifies uh, something that I wanna bring up tonight. Right? It's this idea that we don't wanna put hard work into something that we'll find out in the end it's all meaningless. Right? When we are setting out to do something, we wanna know that it had a purpose. And here's the bigger concept that we're gonna be diving into tonight. You see, a lot of people will get to the end of their life and look back on everything that they've done and discover that it was meaningless. I don't want that to be said about my life, and I'm, I'm sure you're here tonight, and you don't want that to be said about your life, right? I don't think anyone would identify with that. And so tonight, uh, we're going to be diving into the book of Ecclesiastes, and Ecclesiastes, it's a book in the Old Testament. We'll unpack the author in that in a second. Uh, but it's a book that has a lot to say about our meaning, our purpose, significance in this life. It unpacks all of those topics. And so Ecclesiastes, it's, it's in the Old Testament. I'll invite you to start turning there now if you have a Bible with you. Uh, Ecclesiastes, it was written by a guy named Solomon. And you may be asking to yourself in this moment, okay, who is Solomon? I've, I've never heard of that person before. Uh, he's a very prominent figure in the Bible. He was actually the son of King David. Like y'all know David and Goliath, right? Someone's with me, right? You've heard the story of David and Goliath. Yep, David went on to be king and he had a son and his son was named Solomon. And there's a very interesting story in 1 Kings chapter 3 about Solomon. I won't make you turn there. Keep turning to Ecclesiastes. Uh, but in 1 Kings chapter 3, God appears to Solomon and asks him if he could have one thing. And you know what Solomon's answer to that question was? You know, a lot of people would say, I want money. I want fame. I want, you know, this or that. But Solomon's answer to that question was wisdom. And the Bible says in 1 Kings chapter 3 that the Lord granted wisdom to Solomon. And so here we are arriving at the book of Ecclesiastes. It's considered wisdom literature in the Bible. And Solomon wrote these things down, inspired by the Holy Spirit, so that me, you, and your buddy next to you would know how we can find meaning and purpose in this life. And so I have a big idea for us tonight. Every session, I want to give you a big idea, just give you a, a central theme that we're going to be talking about. I like to give it to you before uh, the passage so you can think about it as we read the passage. If you brought a journal this weekend and you're someone who likes to take notes, these are great things to write down. But our big idea for night one to get our session going is this. Life apart from God is meaningless. Life apart from God is meaningless. It's a tough truth to wrestle with, but we're going to explore it through God's word this weekend. And I hope as we continue to study the book of Ecclesiastes, you're going to see that this is true for yourself. Life apart from God is meaningless. So Ecclesiastes chapter one, we're going to read it together. I'd like to read verses one through four with you 
to start our session tonight. So Ecclesiastes 1, 1 through 4, it says this, The words of the teacher, son of David, king in Jerusalem, meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher, utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. What do people gain from all their labors at which they toil under the sun? Generations come and generations go, but the earth remains forever. We're going to pause there and kind of unpack it before we get too far into the message. So Solomon begins this book of the Bible with a very catchy hook, right? He says, meaningless, meaningless. Everything is meaningless. That's Ecclesiastes 1 verse 2. And, and it's not a verse that you would find on a coffee mug, right? Like when I go into church uh, during the weekdays and when I'm working in the office, one of the first things I always do is I, I grab coffee and we have these different mugs at church that all have different verses on them. You know, one says uh, a verse from Psalm that says, be still and know that I am God. There's another one from the book of Hebrews that says, run the race with endurance. There's all these different coffee cups with all these different verses on it. I've never found a coffee cup that has Ecclesiastes 1-2 on it, right? Because what does Ecclesiastes 1-2 say? It says, meaningless, meaningless, everything is meaningless. That'd be a pretty depressing start to your day, right? The, the start of this book can sound a little depressing at points, uh, but as you push through it, you find that there is deep, profound wisdom written on these pages. And it's not that all is meaningless, it's that all apart from God is meaningless, and so before we get too deep into the message, I want to unpack that word meaningless with you. It's a really powerful word in scripture. Uh, quick question. I'm going to ask this. If anyone knows, feel free to raise your hand. Do you know what language the Old Testament was originally written in? Does anyone know this? Yeah, back there. Hebrew, that is correct. Good answer. Yeah, so the Old Testament was originally written in Hebrew. And so the word meaningless in there is the Hebrew word hevel. Everyone say hevel with me. Hevel. Evil is the Hebrew word meaningless there. And it is actually translated a lot of different ways in different translations of the Bible. Some translations will say vanities of vanities. All is vanity. Uh, you know, the NIV, which I'm going to be using this weekend, says meaningless, meaningless. All is meaningless. But the literal translation of the word hevel is breath or vapor. You know, what Solomon is trying to get across with this term is that life is an extremely temporary reality. I want you to think of it like this. When you step outside and you breathe in the cold weather, you see that cold breath come out of your mouth, right? And does that stay there forever? No, no, it disappears rather quickly. And that's kind of what Solomon is trying to get across with this word that he uses in verse two of Ecclesiastes. He's saying that life is like a vapor or, or like smoke. It's here in one second and then it's gone in the next second. And so the Bible actually uses this as a metaphor very frequently to talk about life. You know, you have the Old Testament Ecclesiastes, but there's also a New Testament book, the book of James, that talks about life in a very similar way. I want to read a verse from the book of James, James 4:14. It'll be on the screen for you, but it says this. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes, right? These are the ways that Bi the Bible talks about our life here under the sun, right? And it's, ex it's an extremely temporary reality. 
And I actually have an illustration that I wanted to do to kind of help illustrate this point. So uh, for this, I actually need two volunteers who can come to the stage and help me. Uh, I'm going to go with, yeah, you right there and then you right there. Yep. Uh huh. Come on up. Two girls in row two there. Very good. All right. Give them a hand real quick. Give them a round of applause. Can you tell everyone your name for us? Annalisa. Annalisa. Julie. All right, so let's give a hand for our volunteers. All right, so here's what I need you to do. I have this rope on stage with me. It has two ends of it, right? I need each of you to grab one end of the rope and then walk as far as you possibly can in the opposite direction. Make sense, sound good? All right, so you're gonna take that end of the rope, you're gonna take the other end of the rope, and you're gonna work together to unravel it you're going to go all the way that you can. If you can make it to the wall, great. If you have to stop short of the wall, that's fine too. But our volunteers are doing a great job. Yep, you might need to, to work on that right there. But basically, as they're uh, working on this for me, what I'm going to explain with this rope is that it's an illustration for the length of eternity. So you guys can drop it right there. You're good. You guys can return to your seat. Let's give a hand for our volunteers. It's very good. So I want you to look at this rope visually with me for a second, right? It, it starts here, it goes all the way in that direction, and it ends just shy the other side of the stage. But I want what, what I want you to do in this moment is, is picture with me that this rope even extends even further, right? Picture that it starts there, but, but in this direction, it keeps going even further. It goes all the way to the wall. It goes all the way past the border of Massachusetts. It goes all the way to California. It goes into the Pacific Ocean, right? This is how long we want to imagine that this rope is going. And here's where we're going with this. This is meant to illustrate the length of eternity. But what I have on stage with me is a different size rope. What I have is this much smaller, right? And I want you to focus on this and, and just think deeply about this point for a second. You see that rope that's on stage, that represents our time here on earth. Our time here on earth is very short in light of eternity. There is an eternity that awaits us. And here's the challenge. We get so consumed by this small piece of rope, right? We're so worried about what happens on this life, right? What, 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 what we're wearing, what uh, college we might get into one day, what people at the next lunch table are saying about us. We, we get so consumed by this piece of rope and we forget that there is a God who is in charge of everything else. And there's a God who has us in his hands. The God of eternity loves you, he cares for you, and he sees you. And he is with us in this life. But remember that this life is short. It's like a mist. It's like vapor. It's like smoke. It's here one moment and gone the next. I want you to look back down at the passage. We're going to keep going in, in verse 3 there. In verse 3, Solomon asked the question, what do people gain from all their labors? Essentially, he's saying, what do people gain from all their hard work? You know, I like the question that was asked in the video that you guys watch with Brock Sterling. Uh, he asked the question, what is success? And what Brock said was that success is often like a mirage, right? A mirage in the desert. You see it off in the distance. You think it looks very appealing, but then you get there and discover that it's not real. There's so many people in this life, and that's their experience with the worldly definition of success, 
they get to the end of their lives and they discovered everything that they were working towards didn't quite have the meaning and the value that they hoped it would. You know, life is more than money in our bank account. It's more than vacations we get to go on. It's more than what other people think of us. There is a, a God who has a different and greater purpose for you. If you look down to verse four, this is the final verse that we read together. Verse four, Solomon says that generations come and generations go, but the earth remains. So what Solomon is saying is no matter how big of a deal you think you are, eventually there's going to be a history book that does not record your name. Let me test this out in real time. I have a, a question for the audience. Does anyone here know who the 19th president of the United States was? Show of hands, anyone? Any random guesses? No, we're all pretty puzzled, right? I, I don't hear any, I don't even hear any guesses. Y'all are extremely stumped by this one. So the 19th president of the United States was a guy named Rutherford B. Hayes. Have you ever heard of him? Some of you have, some of you haven't. But, but Rutherford B. Hayes, he was only the president about, you know, 200 years ago, right? And we think of president as like the biggest, most important, most famous job that there ever could be. But, but here we stand 200 years later and we can't even remember the name of a former president. Generations come and generations go. You know, I also ask this question to, to people a lot too. You say, okay, that's a, a weird, obscure historical fact, right? What about asking me about people who are closer to me? Well, well, here's another example. Is there anyone in this room who can name all eight of their great-great-grandparents by first and last name? I've asked this question in a lot of rooms, and I've never, ever met someone who says, yes, I can name all eight great-great-grandparents by name. And so here's the point that we're building towards, right? All of this has a purpose. All of this has a point. A lot of people want to be remembered throughout history. They want to leave this amazing, impactful legacy, but people come and people go, and it's only the Lord who remains, and there's so much more to life than what happens in this short reality. So I want to close out tonight with three application points for you guys. Once again, if you brought a journal with you, these are great things to write down, great things to discuss in your cabin time, uh, but I want to give you three points uh, that will hopefully be a little more encouraging. Right? You know, we started to talk about some things that can seem kind of depressing when you don't look at them in the right light. Uh, but let me encourage you as we close our time together. Uh, point number one is this. God is the author of meaning and purpose. Right? Our big idea tonight was not that life is meaningless. Our big idea was not that life is meaningless. Our big idea was that life is meaningless apart from God. But when we turn to the Lord, we find meaning and purpose in him, right? Romans 8, 28 says that God has good plans for those who are called according to his purposes. And I liked what was mentioned in the video about uh, the illustration about a puzzle, right? Who here enjoys doing puzzles? Show of hands. When you do a puzzle, what are the pieces that you start with? You start with the corner pieces, that's exactly right. And so what we're gonna talk about here is if we want to find meaning and significance in this life, if we wanna find purpose, what we have to do is start with the corner piece, right? And the corner piece is God. He is the author of meaning and purpose. The Bible describes Jesus Christ as our cornerstone. 
So if you came here this weekend, not really sure what is going on in this life, just feeling overwhelmed by the confusion and and hurt that you may experience in this life, I want to encourage you to pursue a relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ. The horizontal aspect of this world can be very confusing sometimes, right? We all have, you know, beef with random people and there's different things going on and, you know, it can be very confusing and scary and the horizontal aspects of this world often don't make sense. But when we get our vertical relationship with God right, that's when everything falls into place. And so if you're here this weekend overwhelmed by the weight of the world, overwhelmed by sin, turn to your vertical relationship with God and know that he is the author of meaning and purpose. Point number two is this. If we look for meaning and purpose apart from God, our search will only end in frustration. Remember what we saw tonight in Ecclesiastes chapter one. You can labor and toil all your life, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you'll find meaning or purpose. In fact, it often leads to the opposite. It often leads to frustration. And a lot of us get really frustrated in this life because we're looking for peace in all the wrong places. You know, maybe you're looking for peace in social media followers, or maybe you're looking for peace in the opinion of other people, but these are shaky foundations. And when we go to those places searching for peace, they're shaky, right? They're not firm foundations. It's going to lead to frustration. There's a a quote that I love that says this, if you live for the affirmation of others, you will die from their rejection. I'll say that one more time. If you live for the affirmation of others, you will die from their rejection. Meaning if you base your self-worth on what other people are saying about you, that is a shaky foundation. Instead, base your identity and what God has revealed to us through his word. That is a firm foundation. What Jesus said about peace in John 14, he said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So let me just say this. If you are looking for peace in life, if you've been overwhelmed by frustration, this week I'm gonna challenge you to turn to Jesus. I'm gonna challenge you to turn to God knowing that he is the God of peace. Here's our third and final point that we're gonna wrap up tonight with. Our third point is this, is that true wisdom is found in the fear of the Lord. True wisdom is found in the fear of the Lord. So if you were to read through the rest of Ecclesiastes chapter one, what you would find in the second half of the chapter is that Solomon goes on a quest searching for wisdom and seeing if that will lead to meaning or significance in this life. And what Solomon writes in Ecclesiastes 1.13, he says, I applied my mind to study and to explore by wisdom all that is done under the heavens. So, so Solomon is going on this journey, seeing if wisdom will reveal anything new to him. And he's talking about the wisdom of the world. And what he finds is that humans, uh, we do not compare to God's wisdom. Right? As humans, we tend to think that we're, we're all that in a bag of chips, right? We think we've got iPhones, we've got technology, we've got, you know, Wi-Fi, we've sent rockets to outer space. Surely humans have figured everything out, right? But no, that's not the case. 
because we still can't figure out how to love each other well. We still can't figure out how to get along. And this is because we don't turn to the true source of wisdom. And that is found in God's word. It's found in the fear of the Lord. Let me share Proverbs 9.10 with you. This is the last verse I'll, I'll leave with you tonight. Proverbs 9.10 says this, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Right? So we're talking about the fear of the Lord. That doesn't mean that you're just simply afraid of him, but it means that you have an awe of him. It means that you worship him. It means you have deep reverence for him. It means that you have a high view of God. That's what it means to fear the Lord. And so when that is your view of God, as the God who created the heavens and the earth, who made mankind in his image and has given us the gift of his word, when that is your view of God, that is the start of wisdom. You know, as middle, middle, uh, middle school students, there are so many people in your life outside of, of your church body who are going to try and tell you that this is what you need to do. This is what you need to focus on. But if advice doesn't line up with God's word, we need to move on from it. And you guys have amazing youth leaders who are here with you this week who want to open up God's word for you and, and teach you what God has revealed to us through his word. And what I want you to know is that is true wisdom. That is the path that leads to abundant life. And so I want to challenge you to dive in deep to God's word this weekend, right? We're only here for a limited amount of time. We're only here for about 48 hours. But when we're in this room, we're going to study God's word together. Time is short, but the Lord has revealed his wisdom to us. And so we're going to come back each session, opening up God's word, seeing what he has for us, seeing how the things of the world may be meaningless, but there is abundant life found in Jesus Christ. We'll leave it there for tonight and we'll, we'll close in a word of prayer. Dear God, we thank you for your word. God, I thank you for all the students in this room. God, I pray that as we open your word together, that we would start to see that a life apart from you is truly meaningless. God, help us to turn to you. Lord, I pray uh, for the cabin time discussions tonight. I pray that uh, they would be edifying and that uh, we would together learn how we can grow in the faith. Uh, God, I pray these things over all the students here. And it's in Jesus' name, amen.